the bane of the black sword. Book One, The Stealer of Souls, in which Elric once again makes the acquaintance of Queen Yashana of Jakor and Thaleb Ka'ana of Pantang, and receives satisfaction at last. In a city called Bakshan, which was rich enough to make all the other cities of the northeast seem poor, in a tall towered tavern one night, Alaric, lord of the smoking ruins of Melnibane, smiled like a shark and dryly jested with four powerful merchant princes whom, in a day or so, he intended to pauperise. Moonglum the Outlander, Alaric's companion, viewed the tall albino with admiration and concern, for Alric to laugh and joke was rare. But that he should share his good humour with men of the merchant stamp, that was unprecedented. Moonglum congratulated himself that he was Alric's friend and wondered upon the outcome of the meeting. Alric had, as usual, elaborated little of his plan to Moonglum. We need your particular qualities as swordsman and sorcerer, Lord Elric, and will of course pay well for them. Palamo, overdressed, intense and scrawny, was main spokesman for the four. And how shall you pay, gentlemen? inquired Elric politely, still smiling. Palamo's colleagues raised their eyebrows, and even their spokesman was slightly taken aback. He waved his hand through the smoky air of the tavern room, which was occupied only by the six men. Or in gold, in gems, answered Palamo. In chains, said Elric. We free travellers need no chains of that sort. Moonglum bent forward out of the shadows where he sat, his expression showing that he strongly disapproved of Elric's statement. Palamo and the other merchants were plainly astonished too. Well then, how shall we pay you? I'll decide that later. Alric smiled. But why talk of such things until the time? What do you wish me to do? Palamo coughed and exchanged glances with his peers. They nodded. Palamo dropped his tone and spoke slowly. You are aware that trade is highly competitive in this city, Lord Alric. Many merchants vie with one another to secure the custom of the people. Bakshan is a rich city and its populace is comfortably off. In the main. Well, this is well known, Elric agreed. He was privately likening the well-to-do citizens of Bakshan to sheep and himself to the wolf who would rob the fold. Because of these thoughts, his scarlet eyes were full of a humour which Moonglum knew to be malevolent and ironic. There is one merchant in the city who controls more warehouses and shops than any other, Palamo continued. Because of the size and strength of his caravans, we can afford to import greater quantities of goods into Bakshan and thus sell them for lower prices. He is virtually a thief. He will ruin us with his unfair methods. Palamo was genuinely hurt and aggrieved. Will you refer to Nikorn of Ilmar? Moonglum spoke from behind Elric. Palamo nodded mutely. Elric frowned. This man heads his own caravans braves the dangers of the desert, forest, and mountain. He has earned his position. 
Oh, that is hardly the point, snapped fat Tormiel, beringed and powdered, his flesh a quiver. No, of course not, smooth-tongued Kalos patted his colleague's arm consolingly. But, but we all admire bravery, I hope. His friends nodded. Silent, Diane Staff, the last of the four, also coughed and wagged his hairy head. He put his unhealthy fingers on the jewelled hilt of an ornate but virtually useless poignard and squared his shoulders. But, Kalos went on, glancing at Dean Staff with approval, Nikorn takes no risks selling his good cheaply. He's killing us with his low prices. Nikorn is a thorn in our flesh, Palamo elaborated unnecessarily. And you gentlemen require myself and my companion to remove this thorn, Oryx stated. In a nutshell, yes. Palamo was sweating. He seemed more than a trifle wary of the smiling albino. Legends referring to Auric and his dreadful, doom-filled exploits were many and elaborately detailed. It was only because of their desperation they had sought his help in this matter. They needed one who could deal in the necromantic arts, as well as wield a useful blade. Auric's arrival in Bakshan was potential salvation for them. We wish to destroy Nikorn's power, Palamo continued. And if this means destroying Nikorn, well then. He shrugged and half smiled, watching Elric's face. Well, common assassins are easily employed, particularly in Bakshan, Elric pointed out softly. Ah, true, Palamo agreed, but Nikorn implies a sorcerer and a private army. The sorcerer protects him in his palace by means of magic. A guard of desert men serve to ensure that if magic fails, the natural methods can be used for the purpose. Assassins have attempted to eliminate the trader, but unfortunately, they were not lucky. Auric laughed. How disappointing, my friends. Still, assassins are the most dispensable members of the community, are they not? And their souls probably went to placate some demon who would otherwise have plagued more honest folk. The merchants laughed half-heartedly at this. Moongrum grinned, enjoyed himself from his seat in the shadows. Auric poured wine for the other five. It was of a vintage which the law in Bakshan forbade the populace to drink. Too much drove the imbiber mad, yet Auric had already quaffed great quantities and showed no ill effects. He raised a cup of the yellow wine to his lips and drained it, breathing deeply and with satisfaction as the stuff entered his system. The others sipped theirs cautiously. The merchants were already regretting their haste in contacting the albino. They had a feeling that not only were the legends true, but that they did not do justice to the strange-eyed man they wished to employ. Elric poured more yellow wine into his goblet and his hand trembled slightly and his dry tongue moved over his lips quickly. His breathing increased as he allowed the beverage to trickle down his throat. He had taken more than enough to make other men into mewling idiots, but those few signs were the only indication the wine had any effect upon him at all. This was a wine for those who wished to dream of different and less tangible worlds. Auric drank it in the hope that he would, for a night or so, cease to dream. Now he asked, And who is this mighty sorcerer, Master Palamo? His name, 
as Philib Ka'ana, Palamo answered nervously. Auric's scarlet eyes narrowed. The sorcerer of Pantang. Aye, he comes from that island. Auric put his cup down on the table and rose, fingering the blade of Black Island, Iron, the rune sword, Stormbringer. He said with conviction, I will help you, gentlemen. He had made up his mind not to rob them after all. A new and more important plan was forming in his brain. Thelib Kana, he thought. So you have made Bakshan your bolt hole, eh? Thelib Kana tittered. It was an obscene sound, coming as it did from the throat of a sorcerer of no mean skill. It did not fit with his sombre, black-bearded countenance, his tall, scarlet-robed frame. It was not a sound suited to one of his extreme wisdom. Thelebkana tittered and stared with dreamy eyes at the woman who lolled on the couch beside him. He whispered clumsily words of endearment into her ear and she smiled indulgently, stroking his long black hair as she would stroke the coat of a dog. You're a fool for all your learning, Thelebkana, she murmured her hooded eyes staring beyond him at the bright green and orange tapestries which decorate the stone walls of her bedchamber. She reflected lazily that a woman could not but help take advantage of any man who put himself so into her power. Yes, Shana, you are a bitch, Thelibka'ana breathed foolishly, and all the learning in the world cannot combat love. I love you. He spoke simply, directly, not understanding the woman who lay beside him. He had seen into the black bowels of hell and had returned sane. He knew secrets which would turn any ordinary man's mind into quivering, jumbled jelly. Yet in certain arts he was as unversed as those of his youngest acolyte. The art of love was one of these. I love you, he repeated, and wondered why she ignored him. Yashana, Queen of Jakor, pushed the sorcerer away from her and rose abruptly, swinging bare, well-formed legs off the divan. She was a handsome woman, with hair as black as her soul. Though her youth was fading, she had a strange quality about her which both repelled and attracted men. She wore her multicoloured silks well, and they swirled about her with light grace. She strode to the barred window of the chamber and stared out into the dark and turbulent night. The sorcerer, watched her through narrow, puzzled eyes, disappointed at this halt to their lovemaking. What's wrong? The queen continued to stare out at the night. Great banks of black cloud moved like predatory monsters swiftly across the wind-torn sky. The night was raucous and angry about Bakshan, full of ominous portent. Thelab Ka'ana repeated his question and again received no answer. He stood up angrily then and joined her at the window. Let us leave now, Yashana, before it is too late. If Elric learns of our presence in Bakshan, we shall both suffer. She did not reply, but her breasts heaved beneath the flimsy fabric and her mouth tightened. The sorcerer growled, gripped her arm. Forget your renegade freebooter, Elric. You have me now. 
and I can do much more for you than any sword-swinging medicine man from a broken and senile empire. Yashana laughed unpleasantly and turned on her lover. You are a fool, Thaleb Kana, and you're much less of a man than Alric. Three aching years have passed since he deserted me, skulking off into the night on your trail and leaving me to pine for him. But I still remember his savage kisses and his wild love-making. Gods, I wish he had an equal. Since he left, I've never found one to match him, though many have tried and proved better than you, till you came skulking back and your spells drove them off or destroyed them. She sneered, mocking and taunting him. You've been too long among your parchments to be much good to me. The sorcerer's faces, muscles, tautened beneath his tanned skin and he scowled. Then why do you let me remain? I could make you a slave with a potion, you know that. But you wouldn't, and thus you are my slave, mighty wizard. When Auric threatened to displace you in my affections, you conjured that demon and Auric was forced to fight it. He won, you'll remember, but in his pride refused to compromise. You fled into hiding, and he went in search of you, leaving me. That is what you did. You're in love, Thalibkana, she laughed in his face, and your love won't let you use your arts against me, only my other lovers. I put up with you because you are often useful, but if Alric were to return... Thalibkana turned away, pettishly picking at his long black beard. Yashana said, I half hate Alric, I." But that is better than half loving you. The sorceress snarled. Then why did you join me in Bakshan? Why did you leave your brother's son upon the throne as regent and come here? I sent word and you came. You must have some affection for me to do that. Yashana laughed again. I heard that a pale-faced sorcerer with crimson eyes and a howling rune sword was travelling in the northeast. That is why I came, Thalibkana. Thalibkana's face twisted with anger as he bent forward and gripped the woman's shoulder in his taloned hand. You'll remember that the same pale-faced sorcerer was responsible for your own brother's death, he spat. You lay with a man who was a slayer of his kin and yours. He deserted the fleet, which he had left led to pillage his own land, when the dragon masters retaliated. Darmit, your brother, was aboard one of those ships, and he now lies scorched and rotting on the ocean bed. Yashana shook her head wearily. You always mention this and hope to shame me. Yes, I entertained one who was virtually my brother's murderer. But Elric had ghastlier crimes on his conscience and I still loved him, in spite or because of them. Your words do not have the effect you require, Thalibkana. Now leave me, I wish to sleep alone. The sorcerer's nails were still biting into Yashana's cool flesh. He relaxed his grip. I'm sorry, he said, his voice breaking. Let me stay. Go, she said softly. And tortured by his own weakness, Thaleb Ka'ana, sorcerer of Pantang, left. Elric of Malnibane was in Bakshan, and Elric had sworn several oaths of vengeance upon Thaleb Ka'ana on several separate occasions, in Lormir, Nadsakor, and Tawaloru, as well as in Jakor. In his heart, the black-bearded sorcerer knew who would win any duel which might take place.